0: It, it there's my cat now. <laughs> Hi, thanks for coming.
1: Hello and welcome to the Model Car Podcast. My name's Justin Twyford and. This is episode 34. Uh, Today, we have two wonderful guests with us. First off, John DeZan, my friend and co-host. How are you today, John?
2: Pretty good. And you, Justin?
1: I'm doing great. And Pat Redmond, our other co-host and also our good friend. How are you doing, Pat? Hi, guys. I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Um... More than welcome to be back. Uh, So just a... You know we we live in strange and I, I would say strange and wonderful but strange and scary times uh we're not going to really talk about the problems uh in the world at the moment um you know COVID 19 since the last time that we talked uh ha- the world has gone a little nuts uh my vacation to disneyland got thrown out the window and uh, at this point we're all socially distancing uh John is in Quebec, I'm uh, west of the Rockies, and Pat is somewhere in between the both of us. We're going to proceed with our regular mm-hmm. show. Um, we encourage everybody to stay safe, uh, to socially distance, to wash their hands. Uh, just be cautious. Uh, we don't want to lose any of our audience to anything like this. It's, it's just a really uh, terrible thing, but we don't want to dwell on it. We want to provide the distraction. So that's all we're going to do, I think, for the most part, um, is talk about that. And in the meantime, we're going to talk about model cars. Uh, Pat, though,
0: uh, internet cookies. Uh, let's, let's talk about those. <laughs> well, we'll go back to that. Uh, episode 32, uh, something came up about the Tesla and um, uh, with the control screen, the control device on the Tesla, we can... We could put the car into ludicrous speed or ludicrous mode. And so I, I, w- I asked the question uh, for people to name the movie that ludicrous speed came from, the quote ludicrous speed, and it came up on the screen in that movie. Um, well, we got two answers uh, on our Slack channel, which uh, Justin will talk about more later, but it's our own private little uh Website about, uh, you know, uh, talking about models, uh, message board and whatnot. Uh, Dean Delp um, from our uh, Slack channel was the first to answer there. And Wayne Peters from Australia. Thank you, Wayne. You were the first to email in. Um, The movie was Spaceballs. Uh, Very simply, Spaceballs. They were um, trying to make the ship go faster, and it was ludicrous speed. So, um, yeah, yeah, those are my winners for internet cookies and with us social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll just say that I owe you each a cookie. <laughs> John, did you know, uh, the movie space
2: I've seen it exactly once a long time ago. You know, when it first came out, when it was in theaters, uh, you know, I know it's a cult hit, but I've never seen it since the original time in the theater. So you, you didn't know, get I, the reference. I, I got the reference. I knew I'd heard it somewhere. Yeah, okay. but that was it. I couldn't tell you anything more than that.
0: Ah, uh, see, okay. I, well, that's um, yeah. Go ahead.
1: I'm I'm a bit of a Star Wars purist, so uh, I watched about ten minutes of that, and uh, what's his name with the big uh, Darth Vader hat uh, was was making uh, Rick fun. Rick Yeah, that was it. That yeah, was a Rick Moranis. Yeah, he was making fun of something that's so near and dear to my heart that. Uh,
0: I, I I couldn't watch it, <laughs> uh, so I, I missed the uh, reference completely until Pat actually told me what it was. And it's 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 a brilliant satire. It's a brilliant goof on the uh, on the Star Wars um, sagas, if you will. Um, I I'm sorry you guys haven't seen it recently or haven't seen it more than ten minutes through it uh, for when he is there, because um, it it's fun. I I it, I just. It's corny, it's uh, but it's fun. And uh, for a- as much of a purist as you are, Justin, for uh, Star Wars and that kind of stuff, I'm more of a purist for dumb comedy or at least satire. So anyway, I enjoyed it. But those are the winners. Those are uh, Dean mm-hmm. Delp and uh, Wayne Peters from Australia. Um, congratulations. I owe you a cookie. And Arr. good luck collecting. <laughs> Uh, so even if
1: it comes in the mail, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about tester snot, uh, an episode oh or two again ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you,
0: you guys are familiar with this wonderful. I I think it was last time I was on, so it was thirty-two. I think we talked about snot. Yes. Um. Tester's snot, in particular, I have to remember to say tester's snot because you don't get it with Tamiya, or at least I've never gotten it with Tamiya. No, I've never. No.
2: I've never had it. I'll knock on wood again and say I've never had it. I've seen it. I've heard of it. I don't yep. want to <laughs> have it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've had it with uh, w- with testers, but I tend not to use testers paint anyway. But yep, I've had it. Throw so, them away.
1: So I've been cleaning this week because uh, Mm. I was supposed to be on vacation. That didn't quite work out, so I took the week off work. And I've been doing a little bit of spring cleaning. And uh, Guess what I found? More cans of tester's snot. Things have leaked out and are stuck. So I'm up to probably about 15 cans now. Oh, not good. Um. A lot of them are brand new cans, which is just annoying me to no end. I'm actually going to figure out if there's a way that I can... Uh, get rid of all the rest of the propellant and um, decant what's left. Maybe uh, put a little hole in it and pour it out uh, to see if I can actually use the paint. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm terribly not impressed. Um, one of our Slack members actually put uh, I'm not sure where this from, it looks like it's probably Twitter, but uh, uh, there was a gentleman called James Stein who sent a message on custom... And Hot Rod Models magazine, uh, either their website could be, um, I think it's Twitter,
0: could be a Facebook thing. I'm, yeah, I'm I've not seen not it on Facebook. Sure. Okay, so it might so, be a Facebook. I know it's um, the I dreaded Facebook they, thing, but I think it's a Facebook post.
1: Okay, so so he he commented. Uh, So, after several emails to and from testers about their leaking cans, they finally decided to send me some replacement cans. I sent photos of 23 cans that were leaking, and their response, you can love this part, was that the cans were too old. They said there's a shelf life of five years. Uh, I know that's not true. It's faulty sealing of the cans, mostly with the lacquers. Uh, they're sending me six cans. Wow. Hope they don't go broke. It's never the company's <laughs> fault. Always a consumer. Uh, so, so I've got a realistic question, though, is that's five years of a shelf life of a can of paint for a hobby shop. Uh, how many hobby shops turn over all of their colors of paint within five years?
2: Well, I think I, I with... I believe with Testers it comes in can you know in a box of 3. So selling 3 cans isn't that hard, but there there's going to be weird colors that don't sell. Yep. And I know personally that any Testers paint I have in a spray can is probably closer to 20 years old than exactly. 5 years old. Wow. Yeah. I, so. and, and that's kind of what I'm looking at is
1: like, you know, how, what is your supply chain? Even if you go to your hobby shop and buy one of these, it could really
2: be two years old. <laughs> it could or you yeah, could be four years old, could be four yeah. years and 11 months old. You'll never know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, where, what kind of can only last five years? I, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely <clears throat> blown away by their response. I, I haven't talked to testers directly. I'm just reading something that somebody else posted, uh, but given my, um, uh, let's call it my my ongoing despair with what I used to love as uh, as, <laughs> as great colors um, to get all of these uh, wasted money. You know, ten bucks a can or nine bucks a can. I think this stuff is, you know, I'm I'm throwing away hundreds of dollars worth of paint here, and uh, that is not a good thing. So, uh, what what do you you haven't had
0: any, John? Uh,
1: how about you, Pat? What what about you?
0: Yeah, I have
1: anything closer than five years, or is it all five years and older?
0: Okay, well, I had the big basement flood the end uh, or middle of 0- or 2017, but before that I had experienced stuff that, um, you know, it was only a couple few years old. I don't think there were five. Um, There were a couple of colors that I had to have. It was in mm-hmm. the automotive uh, line, you know, the automotive uh, they tried when they tried to match automotive paints. They did some okay, okay yep. but some some of those popped. Um, you I go to it and there's, yeah, this, uh, yellow snot of clear and, uh, whatever else has leaked out and there's not a whole lot of propellant left. So, um, you would have to decant it. I threw them away because I was frustrated with it. I'm, uh, I have enough new cans that I might
1: try to decant it.
0: Yeah. I, I never was a good painter with tester spray paint. Oh. I, I tend to spray kind of heavy. I never learned the light coats, um, warmed up can stuff until it was far too late or, you know, mm-hmm. far too, you know, long into my building. So I was, I'm always been a heavy painter. So um, I never liked Tester's paint for that reason because I seemed to just not be able to do it properly. Once I got turned on to Tamiya cans about 25 years ago, eh, there was only the odd. Now, see, I have a can of, I have two or three cans of Tester's dull coat. Because it's great for tires. Oh and, God,
1: those are old. I, I have some of those too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're fine. Those ones are fine. But I did have a couple color, uh, color, paint color that had uh, the had the snot come out the uh, the seams. So and you yeah. know what? I, I've got Tamiya cans that well, I had uh, again before the big flood. I had Tamiya cans that were fifteen, maybe even twenty years old. Didn't lose propellant, Didn't lose. Didn't snot didn't um so there's something yeah there's something with their cans that they may they don't want to admit they don't have to admit i don't know what their impetus is for just you know blowing uh blowing james stein off on this but um he got um six cans for 23 well they're they're working just uh, just over 25 percent uh return thank you very much (laughs)
1: I hate, right. and you know he well, probably didn't we, have to it, pay shipping if because he's probably not Canadian.
0: Ah.
2: no. Uh, one other thing while we're ranting about testers is I also noticed on the face on my uh, classic plastic Facebook group that one of the members had sent in an Aztec airbrush for repairs, which testers doesn't they don't repair them per se. They normally replace the unit, replace them, yeah, because they have a lifetime they have a lifetime warranty. Well, not anymore testers is discontinuing the aztec line outright oh oh good thing you have the new one john well you good yes good thing i have my my grex but i still have another two or three aztecs that are on fine working order there's no you know if i wanted to go back to an aztec no problems but the fact is they said this is no longer cost effective for us to maintain this so you were asked you were questioning you know what are their motives in doing this with the spray paints, well, maybe there's your motive right there. Maybe RPM has decided it's time to get out of the hobby.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I well, could see why. Man. I mean, lacquers, spray paints, uh, propellants, I think a lot of those come down to sort of uh, not controlled substances, but regulated substances. So there's yeah. probably a ton of paperwork and some back-end cost and manufacturing challenges when you're dealing with propellants. I, I get it, but uh, it, it's disappointing that they... At least won't stand behind their their cans. Saying that any spray can is five years old. I mean, I have hairspray that's five years old. I haven't had hair for over five years and I probably still have <laughs> cans of hairspray that hasn't leaked ever. I, I, well,
2: yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I found a can in the cupboard last week or the week before when I was looking to do to clean my mom's bureau and it was pledged, you know, for furniture, furniture wax.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: don't know how old that can is, but I shook it up, I sprayed it and yeah okay, the can. I mean, my mom's been gone since two thousand six. She bought it well before then.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you've never purchased a can of Pledge? Right? No, that, I've never purchased
2: you... a can of Pledge ever.
0: So, so it's you know it's uh, mom's legacy. There you go.
2: Yeah. yeah, and it still works beautifully. The can. Mm. I think it was a little rusted around the seam on the bottom, but uh, uh, it uh. worked.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Disappointing because I, I do like the new testers' uh, colors. You know their color scheme with all the sparkle in them. Uh, and I do love their clear. Their clear is actually really nice. The wet look clear. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: anyway, well, we shall move on and go into uh, news from the hobby. Uh, it's been quiet. I I haven't seen a huge amount of news. Everything in my news feed has been bad news, so I've been avoiding it like the plague. Uh, last weekend, though, I was at my local hobby shop. Uh, before anything untoward happened. I was feeling kind of bad after my canceled trip, so I treated myself to uh, the new Tamiya Super that just came out. Um, I, I, I know we've talked about this before, and I know John's really excited because uh, of his wonderful experiences building the little blue Super on the 24-hour build. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Ooh. But uh, it's it's not bad. Um, the... like it looks it looks really good. I've just done a uh, an open box uh, take the take the body out, take a look at it. My one challenge with it though is they've done a three piece body uh, with a front and rear clip separate and those things annoy me um, when they shouldn't need to and I'm guessing what they're doing is they're positioning for oh, we can do a sports version with a different trim piece around the front or a different t- trim piece around the back. Uh, But I always find that when I have to glue with small tabs, um, I don't have the stability in the body that uh, you would get if it was a one-piece molding. And I know to me, I could do it. They've been doing it for many years, and I really enjoy that about those. This one just seemed to me uh, a little bit of, uh, let's call it uh, cost-effectiveness for future versions, Um, but... Yeah, pain in pain in the butt if you uh, it, when you have to assemble everything first, and and there's no reason for it. It's not like the the clip uh, you have to put in a chassis first before you can put the front clip on. Uh, looking through the instructions, it just seems like you have to glue everything together as an extra step. How do you guys feel about multi-piece bodies like that? Uh,
2: any thoughts?
0: Mm, no thanks. Uh, I
2: yeah, I'd rather one piece. But yeah, yeah. one
0: piece. Yeah, one piece, please. Yeah. My NASCAR bodies are one piece for the most part. Now, uh, uh, the um, oh geez, not the NASCAR, the main series, but the Xfinity series. Uh, they are using Supras um, as a NASCAR style car. So I don't. Hmm. I I doubt that. To me, it would be thinking about you know doing that up because that would be largely uh I, you know it'd be yeah but
2: isn't the supra based on a bmw i mean isn't the only stuff on the t- on the supra basically the front rear ends and some badging inside that makes it toyota mm,
1: yeah i guess really okay. yeah, so i did not know that what what uh BMWs is it based on john i'm the I'm li- not
2: a- uh the little bmw the the three series cooper convertible whatever it is Okay, hmm. I'd, I'd have to look it up, but I know I've read in a car magazine that the Super is essentially a rebadged BMW. So, ah, well, in that case, hmm. I don't, I don't want to build a BMW. I'm going to take it back.
0: <laughs> oh boy, rants on, rants on.
2: There's ah. another rant. Yep. can we rant about BMW drivers who don't use turn signals?
1: <laughs> can we rant about mm. any driver that doesn't use turn signals?
2: Yes, we should.
1: I, I'm having fun. I bought myself a little while ago one of those dash cams. Finally. I got my wife oh. one uh, for mm. Christmas, and she loved it so much. Uh, but wow, uh, when you actually reach up to, you, to push the button to save things, you don't realize how many bad drivers there are around. It's, uh, oh. it's entertaining and scary at the same time.
0: I have watched, I've fallen into the rabbit hole on YouTube and I've watched literally hours and hours of dash cam bad drivers. Russia is wonderful for that because (laughs) I guess with insurance or whatever, or, you know, they just fight it out, you know, if they have an accident or something. But you could, you could watch literally hours and hours of stuff and it gets to the point where, uh, yeah, you catch yourself, you know oops, you know, I, I'm very vigilant when it comes to turn signals and stuff. And I just kind of, I I see it everywhere around me now. I was like, okay, uh, uh, that could have been an accident. Like in this one that I saw, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, dash cam, I, I don't know that I need one. Certainly I don't need one now because there's really nobody on the roads. Uh, (laughs) I went out to the, went out to the pharmacy this morning to pick up some meds. And, um, you know, I just got all the green lights all the way and, maybe saw 10 cars on my trip and it wasn't, you know, so there's, there's nothing going on. Also, I noticed that gas is uh, gasoline has gone to like late nineties pricing. Hmm. I I saw the sign for 68.9 per liter, which Americans, Americans and other people around that use other, well, it's really just the Americans that use, uh, the uh, the imperial uh, the other system, but sixty eight nine a liter is roughly a quart, if you will. So I mean, still that's going to be two seventy, two eighty a gallon. Canadian. But, Canadian.
1: Yeah. Canadian. So it's it's probably only about two dollars
0: yeah. a gallon. Yeah. So, but we haven't seen sixty eight nine in decades in and Canada. And I'm
2: I'm still not seeing that. I just happened to think to check with Gas yep. Buddy, and they're saying that yep. my lowest prices here are eighty six cents a liter
0: but still that's oh that 10, that's 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 10 15 pricing. years ago oh yeah 68 9 at my corner of shell station and of wow. course i have three quarters of a tank so i put 5 bucks in today and uh you know it, it's um anyway that's that's a different story but um
1: i would love just... to see that come over the rockies as well hi we're still yeah. a buck 10 i think it was buck 13 wow. the other day uh, wow, but we have yeah. we have the highest gas prices in north oh America. you always
0: do you always do yeah it's uh, uh, even california do you, do you rival california with, with gas prices or do you know i don't know i haven't compared but um, you know when i when
1: i'm down in california usually it's on vacation and gas is the yeah. last thing i'm worried about
0: oh that's true <laughs> yeah yep uh, surviving so the freeway uh,
1: system down there usually is uh,
0: priority number 1 mm, mm-hmm. yep so I, I, I've noticed a few people on my social media have been showing pictures of gas pricing going under two bucks a gallon in the U S. So I just wanted to let you guys know that that's what's happening up here too. It's, it's, you know, I'm getting relatively close to certainly late nineties pricing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be really fun if you actually had
0: anywhere to go. That's right. That's right.
2: Well, technically I, there's, there's no reason to stay at home. You just shouldn't interact with other people. But that's another story altogether.
0: Well, Hmm. see, I'm one of those guys that I don't go through drive-thrus. I walk into the restaurants and order my food. um, And I don't know why. I'm just, I'm not comfortable with drive-thrus or something. It's, I do know how to drive, but uh, it's just, I don't know. It's a thing for me. I walk in and, again, I'm not eating much takeout or anything right now. uh, But uh, it just... They're recommending everyone do drive through, or you know, just take out from the cash. So, anyway, that's just <laughs> a, a a different story. Never mind. <laughs> <right>. uh, so <laughs> yeah, Pat, we, we
2: we went down the bad rabbit hole. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Mike Steckles, tell me about Mike Steckles, Pat. Wow. Okay. Uh, Mike Steckles. Um, he's been uh, producing his own power slide and selling all kinds of other decals for NASCARs, mostly um he worked with salvinos jr here's pat again with the salvinos talk um he worked with salvinos jr in um uh, salvinos did the prototyping and the and the 3d print and imagine had the the molds cut to do the pontiac grand prix two plus two uh we've been waiting for a styrene version of this thing forever. It never came. We had the Aero coupe, the Chevy Monte Carlo Aero coupe, but now Mike's decals, um, they should be shipping out by the time you hear this podcast. Um, he got the first run. He paid for the first run exclusive to himself, uh, in a plain box. So there's no decals involved in the kit. You'll have to order those, but Mike sells those. He's doing six to eight cars, um, uh, Rusty's Alugard car, Kodak car, um, doing, uh, six or eight, um, different decal sheets and he runs them as a bundle. So if you buy the kit from him, you'll get a, a deal on the decal sheet. So yeah, Mike's, uh, he should have them. I think he said he was going to have them on certainly by the time you hear this, uh, that you can get that, um, uh, uh, Grand Prix two plus two, the one with the arrow back, the arrow roof uh, back window um, uh, from 86, 87 or so in uh, the old NASCAR racing. So uh, there's a link on the, uh, in the show uh, notes about it, but um, yeah, Mike decals is uh, first run is the Grand Prix two plus two and Salvino's will do their own run the next time. And um, I think they're going to do the STP Richard Petty STP car. So, but I'm not sure yet. I know they have STP licensing or Petty licensing. So that's the first thing. Um, that's Mike's uh, specifically. Now, Savino's themselves, uh, the uh, 83 Pontiac Grand Prix, just the standard Grand Prix, um, has shipped to your local retailer or your mail order shop, I guess, in these days and times. So um, they are available. Check your local, uh, Check your local store if he's still open or your local mail order, your favorite mail order place, the uh, STP uh, Pontiac Grand Prix. And um, they had a run. uh, What Salvinos did is they changed plants to uh, do their molding, do their, uh, um, the other guy had already had work to do and work has increased for him. So he had to let Salvinos know that he couldn't manage to do all their, um casting anymore or they they're they're um, they're um molding they're processing yeah they're molding so they've moved on to uh, another plant and uh there was a short run of the Kale Yarborough Hardy's car uh Monte Carlo SS uh 1984 car so the um Kale Yarborough car is going to get a rerun uh so if you missed out on that one the first time um, you're gonna get them again so just have some patience uh, again with what's happening in the world right now let's just uh, hang in there but there's still stuff uh, coming from Salvinos uh, they're uh, they're California and Texas based they're north or they're, they're American based um, so North American and they're starting to ship uh, overseas uh, bigger than um, bigger than you know they're shipping to Australia they're shipping salt. So, Things are getting better for them, so there's distribution. Uh, that stuff's coming. The Le Mans, the 81, 82 Le Mans is still coming. Um, and probably end of the summer or so, the Charger, the seventy-three, four Charger is coming. But anyway, for now, let's uh, talk to Mike at Mike's Decal, Mike Hercaran, um And you get yourself a, a Grand Prix 2 plus 2 or more than one if you like. So do you have one of these, Pat? I don't have one yet. Um, there were two test shots that were given to two much better builders than myself, um, Jay Savarese and uh, Clay Kemp. And they're, they are building for, uh, Jay just finished his, and I think Clay, uh, uh, Clay Kemp has finished his as well. And um, wow, it looks really good, um, you know, from a really good set of builder, pair of builders. Um, they're coming. Um, I know I'm getting my shipment shipped to the U.S. So whenever I can cross the border again, I'll be able to pick up mine. But I'm going to get one shipped to myself directly uh, from Mike's because I got to have one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not like I don't have 500 kits or so, or well, less now, but um, I have to have one. You clear the bench for something new, and then something new comes up again next. So um, there was that. And to getting away from Salvino's and Nascars and stuff, I did see that the Ravel Jeep Rubicon has <laughs> shipped, and the twenty-nine Model A Roadster has shipped from Ravel. Mm-hmm. So again, check your local retailer or your favorite mail order place; those should be readily available.
2: Yeah, but didn't we just didn't Justin and I talk about that uh, Jeep last time? Well, this is the full boogie. Rubicon. Yeah, but it, like, it has decals in it for lifeguard, doesn't it?
1: I don't think we talked about it, but we saw it online. Uh, okay, we, we chatted. Sorry, I think we chatted okay. in private on it. Uh, yeah, oh, Okay, All uh, right.
2: the, the 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 great
0: spelled ones.
2: Yes, Pro- Im- properly spelled. <clears throat> yes, or improperly spelled. <laughs>
1: uh, life garud or whatever it was. Rafe, uh, yes. Yeah,
0: life life garud. Maybe that was just done so. I don't know. Just just to just to test people, maybe I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I don't know, but I think a simple cut and paste might fix that. I'm not well, sure. Well, it would. It
2: would, but, uh, it would, but it's still. I mean, if they, if that yeah. was not yeah. spell checked, and that's why that happened. Oh, come on, guys, please.
1: Yeah.
0: I. Yeah. You know, I, 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 the, I.
1: We there was a link shared on our Slack channel to somebody that had built one of those up on YouTube, and unfortunately, I don't remember his name. I'll see if I can find a link, but uh, that was a little while ago. Um, and he had actually built them before he realized there was a spelling mistake on them. So uh, you know you could slice, slice and dice the decals, but uh, it's a pain in the butt for a for a brand new kit that, to come out. And I uh, get that. Hopefully, hopefully they will make that right and uh, mail everybody a replacement uh, uh, decal sheet that is corrected. But uh, well, ba- based on a... what we're seeing for customer service out of uh, mm. some of the model car companies that are pinching pennies at the moment, I am not
0: going to put a whole lot of faith or money into that one. Well, it, it is a nice kit without the, you know, the spelling mistake on the decal sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The Rubicon is a really nice kit. Um, haven't finished mine yet. I haven't showed a lot of progress, but it is a nice kit. Cool. And, you know, the... 29 model a well everyone's been salivating for that more for the coupe but the 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 roadster is just fine and uh they'll be um they'll be at your stores um should be at your stores now
1: Mm -hmm. uh john the uh, land rover came out i was trying to track one down they weren't available in my uh, local hobby shop uh you have one of those right uh we talked about it uh, offline and you told me you got one for your birthday
2: yeah, I got well, I got very lucky. It was <laughs> there? Were, we had a show. The last show I went to, the last show that's been even scheduled now is uh, was on my birthday on March seventh, and I walked in there not really expecting to find anything. I came out with uh, two Holy grail Well, technically three Holy Grails if you include the little Land Rover that Monogram did, and the new Ravel longer five door Land Rover, and that is one sweet kit, guys. Oh, good. I have okay. I have no idea what I'm going to use it for yet, but. When I saw it at that price, I said, "Yeah, that that can come home with me for my birthday." Yeah, that's definitely on my
1: on my uh, watch list. I know we talked about it when it was announced, but uh, uh, any any
2: sort of review or thoughts on uh, good or bad on it, John? I know oh, I'm putting you on the spot. It looks it looks very good. But, you know, I haven't taken anything out of the bags. I just looked at the parts in the bags, looked at the instructions, looked at the decals. Said, "Okay, you can do this or that. You can do this or that." And yeah, I'm. it's very favorable as far as I'm concerned. I Like I said, I just don't know what to use it for yet. Uh, single or multi-piece body? Do you Ooh, remember? I don't remember. Ah. Seeing as it's not sticking out, you know, a multi-piece body is something that would stick out at me. It must be yeah. a single-piece body, so.
1: I, I just wasn't sure. I know that the Land Rover, you kind of build the chassis on it, and then you have all the options for... Whether you want the you know the glass cage or you know uh, anyway, there's there's lots of options for the way they were configured out of the store. So I'm yeah, not sure. For, I'm not sure for that.
2: Yeah, in this respect, it's a big five door wagon with seats in the back that I recall, and you can put a the okay, option like a one way. Yeah.
1: Cool. I definitely excited to get a get my hands on one of those. Hopefully, uh, I could do that soon. Uh, mail order is a bit of a challenge up in Canada some days yep what are you guys working on now
0: i'll start with pat because he's our special guest today <laughs> well mama always said i was special so um i um our club had a uh, build an ugly vehicle uh right. challenge uh whatever you well we <laughs> didn't have the meeting just because of our uh the current uh, health situation uh I, I was building a nissan cube uh-huh. I find them kind of ugly myself. I painted it, and I didn't like the color, so I stripped it, and then I got together, got to get my stuff together to take the Toronto to the big swap meet, and uh, so I haven't done much with it, but I've changed the colors. We're going to more of a uh, a, a pinkish red color. Uh, oh. I didn't like the I didn't like the green that was on it. It's, it has to be an ugly color, so uh, um, yeah. I just I I'm, I I'm gonna say I'm a little bit stalled because. I, I I'm just I'm just don't know. I'm I'm trying to do 10 things at once, I guess. Um and I'm still gathering some parts. Right, we, we've got our, our birth year build um on our uh model car podcast Facebook page. I'm doing a 63 NASCAR Galaxy. I still haven't decided if I'm doing uh which car I'm doing yet. So uh it's probably uh, I still haven't decided, but I have a couple of choices on which car to build. But I have to remove the side chrome trim on it, so oh, doing that's always a bit of a pain in the butt because there's some little things you gotta. You know, just have to be careful of removing side chrome trim. So I'm doing that little by little, but haven't been super enthused uh, down in, in the uh, the building area right now. So um, nothing. I haven't I haven't done much. Mm-hmm. Uh, question for
1: you. Actually, I got two yes. questions for you. First off, the green of the Nissan Cube. Uh, I think everybody on the podcast knows that you absolutely hate that uh, sparkly light green that everybody was using a little while ago. Was that the color you
0: used? Tester's Uh, Lime Ice. No, I did not use that color. That's the one that you love, Tester's Lime Ice. Um, No. No, (laughs) I absolutely do not love it. Um, Some years ago when I was in Group 25 in Toronto... Um, I, I'm not really a fan of yellow cars either. Um, and well, they surprised me, if you will, everyone in the club brought at least one yellow car to the meeting. Um, I can probably dig it up and put it in the show notes. I have a link to the photos that I took of the meeting and there are yellow cars everywhere. And it was a good club with 25 to 30 guys in it at the time. So there was yellow everywhere again with lime ice cars. Uh <laughs> I think it's been an overused color. It's a it, it's a neat color. It's just it's overused. Okay. I'm seeing er- everything from big rigs like conventional Peterbilts to smart cars in lime green It's like uh, uh, lime ice. So I was like enough already. Please, I wish your cans would leak. I wish your cans <laughs> would snot so you run out of lime ice.
2: But it's Tamiya, so you know it's not going to happen. Oh no, it's not to
0: me. It, it's uh tester's, a lime testers one. You were saying Tamiya, I, though. I, I meant yeah, sorry, I meant tester's lime ice. Um no, I I don't know that uh, to me it probably does have a color similar to that, but um no, I, I think it, the tester's lime ice is that greeny with the the gold sparkles in it. Oh please. Uh Oh uh, please! Are are you carefully <laughs> painting at home now, or are you
1: still uh, in the war with the uh, little Nazi? Oh, I, the... I, uh-huh. I will, I
0: will, it will always be in a war with little Napoleon there. And um, <laughs> no, what I'm doing is I'm standing at my patio door and shooting out into the patio, um, shooting paint outside, and then I bring it back in to dry. And, uh, just, yeah, I'm using the kitchen sink to warm up my cans of paint and then I hustle over to the door with a sort of warm can of paint and I am shooting it outside and bringing it right back in. So, and it works, you know, it's, um, uh, it's just not optimum, but mm-hmm. hey, that's I, what I'm doing. At least you're getting something built. That's, uh, that's, that's what I'm getting time. stuff. Yeah. I'm getting stuff painted and gluing little parts together. So, um. Uh, Yes, I'm still building, just not as quickly as I should be. It's like reading. Everyone says, well, you know, you can always read stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, I could, but I have all these books. But I just, maybe I have a short attention span. I just can't sit and do any one thing for any length of time. I know all about that one.
2: Mm -hmm. Hey, John, are you working on one thing? One? No, 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 no. More like five. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> nice. So 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 you you look like you've been well, I, I'm not sure productive
2: or scattered. Uh, which which one is it? Productive, productive. Okay. Productive, so t- yes. so tell us about what you've been doing. Okay, well I'm still obviously working on the Mac wrecker. I know people are. Eh, you haven't posted pictures. you haven't seen anything. Yeah, but I believe I mentioned last time around that I had uh, added a tunnel box to it, which allows access. Well, allows the truck operator to keep longer items under cover in the truck, which is handy, but I guess I should have made one of my pieces just a little bit longer, because now there's an awful lot of filling and sanding to make it equal with the rest, and well, maybe I'll get tired of filling and sanding it and cut a new piece, and I don't know, and uh, I'm also still working on my birth year build, my 68 Plymouth Belvedere police car. That one, there's more little air holes than I figured, which is okay, I have no problems with it, but you really can only work on body work for so long at one time. So that's why the other stuff got uh, bumped into progress. Uh, another to, sorry to interrupt. Sure. Who, whose resin body is that? Time Machine Resin. Ah, Okay, good. Okay. Uh, you know, there's nothing really wrong with it. There's just a few too many air bubbles down at the lower seams that I don't like. <laughs> and no, no, really, you know, there's, there's no mold lines. There's no nothing like that. It's like, my God. And then I started yep. paying attention. It's like, oh, it's not going to be that easy.
0: No, no, I'm not trying to start a rant or anything. I just, I, I didn't remember who you, uh, who was doing a, a four-door Belvedere. Yeah, I, I think we Did need I a rant from somebody else. Ah.
2: <laughs> I, I don't want but to have more guys. Who, who, uh, who was crafting it last time? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I've also just to you know keep me moving, keep me motivated because again, given our current situation, and eh, no. So I'm working on a 2008 Shelby GT500 KR. I'm working on a 2010 Chevy Camaro Indy Pace Car, or is it replica? I forget which, and a 2013 Dodge Challenger SRT8. Now both the Challenger and the Shelby both happen to be green. Pat's which, favorite color. Pat's favorite color.
0: I'm okay with those two greens. Oh, I really cool. am. The um the Challenger I have, I have no problem with Challenger with that light. Uh, that light green on there and um, legend lime on the Shelby is wonderful. I uh, I love that color. That's um, not complaining about that. Those either of those greens, it's just lime freaking ice.
2: <laughs> Got it. Now I think I know what saying? my
0: next color should be. Gee, I wonder. That's
1: <laughs> some there, drama. It'll be a, perfect a bit of a for your,
2: for what's on your desk.
1: Yes, well, that's that's true.
2: Okay. Moving on. (laughs) All right.
1: um, My turn? Yep, your turn. My turn? Wow, I get to turn. Uh, I get confused with so many of us. (laughs) I finished something. Yay. Uh, What? 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 Exactly. I don't get to hear John say crickets. Uh, I finished my uh, (laughs) Fujimi uh, di Tommaso Pantera. Uh, it was a, a good shelf build. And I kind of was happy to get it off the desk. So it was, uh, you know, not uh, not as clean as I would have liked. Uh, it was, a, to me, a spray balm uh, paint job. I just... Sanded it, uh, did a quick sand down to four hundred, and then buffed it up with a little bit of Novus two. You can see the light bulbs in it, so that's always a a good thing. It looked great. uh, Yeah, I I mean, certainly it's not. uh, You know, if I was going to be doing this as a um, an entry into a a model car contest, I'd probably take a little bit more time and effort with that. But uh, for for what I wanted to do out of that, I I just wanted to get it uh, taken care of. Uh, Final assembly on that was. Horrible. Well, let's let's go with horrible. Um, Do you have? Do you ever have those bodies where you have to basically pry things in for the sub assemblies? Uh, this was one of those. You know, you, you get that wonderful cracking sound. and this Yeah,
2: Scary sound.
1: Oh, that that scary sound. And uh, the the D Tomaso Okay, so I, I'm going to call back to my complaint about uh, the Tamiya Supra. Uh, the d Tommaso um, the Pantera also had uh, th- the three part body that you have to put the undercarriage or the the front clip on the bottom of the front clip and the bottom of the rear clip and glue those in so when you're doing this final assembly and everything's cracking and I'm just worried that those glue joints are gonna pop and you know because mm-hmm. i I put them in first i, I uh, sanded them and made everything smooth. Uh, it was just a very nerve-wracking and not the most comfortable experience ever. Um, you know, basically, I was at the point where I was inserting a blade in beside the um, uh, the 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 body interior and
0: using that to pry the cells out so that I can oh, actually yeah. get the bottom yeah, we, part. Yeah, we, we, we've done that. Lot <sighs> lot of us have done that, and yeah, you hear the creaking and cracking, and yeah. yes, understand.
1: Um, So I I've decided, you know, I was kind of looking at other things that were ready to go that I've already done a lot of work on. Um, So the next the next kit that I picked up, um, I'd done all the prep on was a Isuzu Viacross by Timia. Uh, I think I was inspired by Pat's uh, comments on the Aztec uh, a couple of episodes ago where he was talking about how much he, he loved that awkward looking car. And I thought the Vieja Cross was one of those awkward-looking cars. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I've got everything primed. I've got uh, – actually, I've, uh, for me, I'm building a little out of order because I've got all the interior done. I've got all the undercarriage done. Um, but I haven't got a – I've kind of been going back and forth of what color I want to do uh, and uh, on, on the actual body itself. But uh, that's on there. And then the other thing that I started doing was looking around. You know, when you, when you buy a new kit – You'd want to start on it right away, and I was—I've uh, been cleaning up a lot this week, and we'll get to some of my funny, interesting finds. Um, I wanted to do sort of a, ben- a bench amnesty. I've got a bunch of kits stacked around, in various states of completion, and don't we all? Yeah, I, but these were all, you know, for one reason or another, and and never anything particularly bad reasons that I just kind of abandoned. Some of them need an extra coat. One of them needs a clear coat. Uh, One of them needs some polishing. So I I have some kits that uh, I decided, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to knock some of these out before I get onto anything else. So I have a Fujimi WRX uh, from Subaru, uh, an STI, uh, a Lamborghini Murcielago. I think that's also uh, a Fujimi. Uh, and then I think a Ravel Chevy Dually that I was just going to do as a as a bit of a fun build, uh, and then I have a Hasagawa uh, Ferrari sitting there as well, all painted, ready to go. I seem to have misplaced the engine on that one, so I'm not sure which box that's in, but hopefully I'll come to it as we go <laughs> along. Uh, so so I've been dabbing dabbling a little bit this week. Um, you know, I was I was very very happy to get my uh, Pantera done uh i had a good rant on uh on slack for that one Uh, i just got a a new air compressor and uh unfortunately part the part that was missing from it was a connector from the size it's got a weird size that comes out of the compressor to a normal quarter inch uh mpt uh air fitting so i had to go on i i did a you know probably not a great thing in this day and age, but I went to Canadian Tire, I went to Home Depot. Oh no no
2: no no uh, and I could have saved you the time and told you you're not going to find it there. <laughs>
1: yeah, well i I was I had my car in tape. everything was masked up for me to do the trim work on it, and uh, I didn't want to leave it sitting there too long in tape. Uh, Amazon next day delivery. I found the part that I needed, but uh, I was a it was a, a, a little frustrating for me. Uh the other thing that I'm working on is uh the birth year build. I'm still trying to pick what I want. So, uh maybe you guys can help me decide here. I'm I'm down to two kits at the moment. Uh for some reason, uh, both kits are Ebro. Uh have you guys ever built one of the Ebro kits? I've never no, even seen not, one. <laughs> not,
0: not myself, but uh they come highly recommended.
1: Yeah, uh are a lot of them are done in um coordination with Tamiya. Um, and I think they're probably, I'm not sure what that relationship is, but they're, they're very well done. So I'm, I'm looking at two kits. Uh, they have a Renault 4L, which is just a, a cute little odd looking Renault, uh, that was built from like this, this version from 1968 to 1972, 1973. So it fits my year of birth right in there, but it's not specific. So I'm thinking about that. And then when I was sitting on my bed the other day, you know, uh, my my quite often problem of looking through the shelving units that are stored in my bedroom, I found another Ebro. It's a Formula One car, a Lotus from 1970. So it's uh, an exact year. 120 hmm. a scale. Uh, it's red, uh, w- red with a uh, white and gold uh, trim work on it. Uh, I bought it because it just looks like an amazing car uh, to build. Uh, so I'm debating between those two. Um, which which do you think, guys? Uh, which which one's going to be much more of an exciting build for you guys to see that represents
2: 1970
0: best? Uh, Formula One
2: car. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. It's they were you know fairly iconic—a tall wing, a low nose. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's yep. what I'd go with.
1: Yeah, I, I like the idea. Uh, I've I've had a couple of ideas, but you know they're are around cars that were built around 1970. You know, like they were built in 1970, but it's not actually a specific car for that year. So, I, I like the idea of a car that is very very specific to my year of uh, of birth, but. Anyway, so that is likely to be the one that I will choose then. Um, yeah, looks, looks like an amazing kit, uh, very detailed. Um, it's 20th scale, so it fits in nicely with the, the Tamiya Formula One cars, uh, a little bigger than a, a properly scaled uh, Formula One car. We've talked about those before. Um, I think painting and decaling is going to be quite the challenge. Uh, looking at that, trying to figure it out because of Formula One part cars, they have... Uh, wingy bits and uh, inside curves and outside curves and all the rest of that. So I'm sure this will be a fun challenge for me.
0: hmm
2: mm-hmm. Do have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be around if you need to rant about it. Uh, me rant?
1: Never. Never. <laughs> I, I I would never do such a thing. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, we have a new Patron uh, producer level. Uh, Classic Truck Modeler Magazine. Uh, thanks so much, Lee, for uh, supporting us and coming in at, at that level, uh, helping us uh, survive and uh, giving us something to hunker down with and, and build in this uh, time of chaos. Uh, if you guys don't know Classic Truck Modeler Magazine, uh, the founder and main contributor uh, to a lot of that, uh, Lee Hartman, was on our show on episode 21, where he discussed his builds, his interest in trucks, and the magazine. Um, so, if you, if you haven't heard that one, um, even if you're not necessarily a truck, list, a truck builder, it's a great listen. Uh, it was a great conversation. I was really happy to have that. Uh, also, check out uh, the magazine, classic truck modeler mag.com all one word classic truck modeller mag.com uh, we of course will have a link in the show notes and thanks again lee really appreciate that classic truck modeller magazine
0: uh, uh, and the the physical copies of the magazine that he does he, he pretty much self publishes uh, he does the layout. Uh, there's very little advertising in it. And the, the advertising it's in there is good. It's people like Moluminum and uh, aftermarket places like that. But it's pretty much a fully self-published, self-distributed magazine. Yep. Um, it's really good, really good. Even if you're not, as Justin said, not necessarily into trucks solidly, it's still great for looking at weathering, other people's techniques. Um, yeah, Really good magazine.
1: Mm-hmm. Lee is also on our Slack channel. Um, and in our Slack channel, we have uh, various topic topic rooms. It's basically a, a chat-type uh, uh, program. Uh, but we have one room that is designated for trucks. And Lee quite often comes in and shows what he's been working on. And uh, he just does some amazing builds. Um, you know, classic truck era. Uh, stuff that, you know, you don't really see every day. Uh, but just, uh, again... Looking at what he does, how to weather it, how to make things look realistic, he's he does a really good job on that one. If you want to help us out, uh, keep the show going. We we really appreciate your support. You can go out and recommend our show to anybody. Um, you know, maybe your modeling friends need something positive in their life right about now. Uh, at least us having an hour uh, of driveling on about cars and trucks and. Um, whatever else we get into, it's off topic because we have Pat on, um, you know, it's <laughs> Wait, it's what? better than the news right now. The The news is pretty negative. So, you know, now's a good time. Introduce some of your, your model club friends. Uh, tell them where to find us. They're probably going to be listening at home. If they're on a computer, you can actually listen on a computer. You don't have to listen on a podcatcher. Uh, you can go to our website and listen there. So please recommend us. Second thing you do, you can do if you've got a little bit of extra uh, money, I know that's scary at this point. There is no obligation. We're going to do this anyway, but certainly we really do appreciate if anybody can throw us a, a buck or two uh, to help us out. Uh, you can go and become one of our Patreons, uh, patreon.com slash Podcast even for a couple of bucks a month. It really helps us out. Uh, you can also go to PayPal if you would like and uh, throw us a one-time donation if you just happen to have a little bit that you would like to help us out. Continue to do what we do. Um, we're going to try to get some uh, more frequent episodes out depending on sort of what our work schedules and how much we're stuck in the house, um, you know, especially during this, uh, this awkward time. Um, so, you know, anything you can do to help us out there. You can go to PayPal. We have a link. It's off our website, modelcar.show slash supporters. And that will take you right there to PayPal. Um, and you can just send us money as much as you like. All the monies, in fact. We won't say no. no. So we're we're going to talk about our, our, our interesting thought for the day. Um, so the question actually came up from Chris Martin on our Slack channel. Um, Chris, uh, as you know, Uh, is one of our patrons and uh, uh, quite an active participant in in our uh, discussions. We chat to him quite a bit. Uh, And he was asking what we do for display cases, storage shelves, and organization. Now, I have thoughts on this one um, because I've been cleaning. So I I guess my first question to to my co-host here is... What do you guys use for an inventory system of your kits? Do you have one?
2: Well, uh, I have visual where I walk into the room and look and, oh, yeah, I got that. Uh, I got that. Oh, I don't got that. And yeah, no. But uh, if you're talking about something on the computer or even a piece of paper with a pen, no, I don't have that at this time. And yes, I desperately need one
0: um same as john i just uh, eyeball it
2: yeah but you just out of curiosity you don't have let's say a thousand kits anymore do you pat
0: no no i am that's
2: it i offhand i don't know how much i have but i'm guessing it's somewhere well over 500 and it's like where is everything (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah um
1: all right. Do you do you, Do you guys need feel you need one,
2: or are you guys comfortable with your systems? John, you said you, I, you would like one. I gotta have it. I've gotta do something about it. It's part of it was me before I was on prednisone. I was quite organized and how I did things. Being on the prednisone, which, as I've said before, it's a uh, it's a mind altering steroid that plays with your head really well, and I became very unorganized, very disinterested in some things for roughly twenty five years and. Now I'm sitting here looking at it and I think I have to do something about this. This no how it was before, how it was a year ago, no longer works for me.
1: Uh-huh. Uh Pat, uh I know you do a lot of uh swap meets and things like that. Would this be helpful or a hindrance to you?
0: Um I should probably do I I went to uh went to Toronto uh, early March to a swap meet and I did sell off a bunch of stuff because I have a lot of doubles and a lot of things I've lost interest in, but I could probably still use a simple um, inventory system just because I have the kit and the decals are in a different place just due to where the kits are stored. So I should probably have some inventory at least linking uh again you buy many NASCAR builders or race car builders there are many options on some cars from different aftermarket decal guys so you know you have a Revell Ford Fusion in the basement and you've got six decal sheets upstairs it's probably a good idea to inventory and link them up somehow so yeah I probably should and will I yeah, I'm I'm thinking since I did the big clearance uh, in Toronto, probably I, I'm still going to do some. Mm-hmm.
1: So the the reason this is actually a very germane question for me, uh, I was I, I I was home this week, so I was doing a lot of house cleaning and reorganizing and unpacking boxes of stuff that uh, you you just accumulate when you have as many hobbies as I do. Uh, I live in a small house, so sometimes things get. Put in a box and and shuffled away into sort of a spare corner somewhere, uh, you know, behind a shelving unit or something like that. And I found uh probably ten, twelve kits. I, I shared it with our <laughs> with our Slack channel. Um, you know, and some of these kits were hundred dollar kits. Um, and I honestly had forgotten that I have bought some of those. Some of those I knew I had. Some of them were like, oh, I forgot all about that one. I don't even remember. Oh, I must have bought that on that trip a couple of years ago. Um, so oh I I was, A, pleasantly surprised to find a bunch of kits, but also uh, completely horrified that I had uh, made the decision to put them out of the way so that I didn't get in trouble for having them out where my wife could see them. And uh, <laughs> forgot about them completely because something else got pu- got put in front of them. So, uh, yeah, do I need one? Uh, I have a spreadsheet. So number of years ago, I moved um, my—I I used to have a separate room. I, I have a small house, but I had a separate room where all of my shelves were kept. And, and I moved them into the back of my um, uh, model room. But in order to get there, it's a very, very, very small space. So I have uh, shelving units that are hidden by other shelving units. So, you know, I can't actually go and just look and see what's on the shelves. So I actually made up a spreadsheet, uh, and that spreadsheet has 700 kits on it, uh, and it inventories uh, six shelving units worth of my kits. Uh, Since then, that that was a while ago. I have, um, let's call it, over doubled the number of shelving units I have uh, in, in this room and also the ones that my wife has been kind enough to let me put by my, my bedside. And I've never actually gone back and added that inventory to these kits. Um, so I have half an inventory of the stuff that I can't get to. Um, and the rest of it is a little more visible. Uh, but obviously, I still have some challenges because I can lose things. Do I need one? Yeah, I really should. Uh, do I want to mm-hmm. go through the process of the hours of work of pulling everything off the shelf, reclassifying it, putting it back up? That that's that's a tough one. Um, you know, part of that is the the space it takes to to move everything and organize it, and uh, the time it takes is it's a quite daunting task. So I'm I'm not sure what I want to do about that. Uh, but one question that I that, that was sort of my follow-up to this one is uh, again somebody asked me on chat when I was uh, on the slack channel uh, what about insurance coverage because some people have lists for house insurance um that's a good question what, what do you guys do about that
0: well um again I, I've said before I had a basement flood in 2017 and um, because we've had a couple of flood claims, I do not have insurance in my basement anymore, so any of my kits, if they get damaged, uh, TV v uh, I mean uh, DVD player, washer dryer are not insured anymore. so uh, nothing is uh, hmm. below the three foot level. My water was about two and a half feet last time, so everything I have is above the three foot off the floor level. Other than the washer dryer, obviously, so any of the kits I did lose you know a hundred hundred and I don't remember the number, but many kits last time and uh because I can't insure the basement even though it's part of the house uh they won't insure it for um uh for water um from sewer and whatnot, so no, nothing's insured down there unfortunately.
1: Mm. Uh, I think they have a nice name for that. They call it self insurance. Okay, which all means right. that you pay for it out of pocket because they won't cover you. Yeah,
0: yep, exactly. It's it's pretty much my uh, my uh, my problem now. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, do you how, how do you deal with that? Uh, I don't have any special insurance
2: on it, but my basement is insured, and that is where they all are. Uh, flooding is possible in theory, but I am on a hill, so if there's flooding, it would have to be caused by me to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, or caused by something on my property. If you get what I mean, it's not <laughs> the city's, the city's uh, drains. We'd have to have the, uh, the biblical 40 days and 40 nights before I get flooded by rain. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, absolutely that's... no way that's ever going to happen.
0: <laughs> or a uh, grommet could cause some issue.
2: Well, yeah, but that would mean I'd have to have put them in the toilet to begin with. And well, there's been days. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: Or he but can we play do. with uh, matches. You got to hide all your matches from him. <laughs> we, do, we and we don't advocate any uh, any cat discipline on this show.
2: No, we don't. He's he's really not that bad, and he's probably he was worse when he was younger. Now, no, no, now he's really not that bad of a problem. He just likes to talk about things. That's all.
0: Well, talking is better than climbing up the the curtains or well, knocking yeah, you, stuff.
2: Yes. You know. that's yeah, that's right.
0: Now, I have to ask, because we have one listener that
1: likes
2: it. What does he say, John? I have no idea. I don't speak cat. I speak English. I don't do bad in French, but cat, I have no idea what he's saying, so I just ask him to be quiet, quite loudly. Uh, So so he's not making
1: any good sounds, like when he falls down the stairs? or
2: No, he hasn't done that in quite some time. That's actually quite comical when he does that. Throws himself down the stairs and bitches about it. Oh, God. That's a riot, but.
0: <laughs> okay. Gromit, Gromit ain't all there, is he? No, he's not all there. One
2: ah. of his tactics is he'll, he'll meet me. I'll get up in the morning. He'll meet me in the bedroom. Okay, cool. We're going down the hallway. He'll race down the hallway, turn into the living room, run around the the coffee table, and then dive underneath the chair into the, into the kitchen. Well, he missed once. And he okay. hit the chair and thunk. And he sat down and just looked around for a moment or two, and I said, yeah, that time you're not running into the kitchen and bragging about it this time, are you? Because normally when he would complete his little run, he'd be off in the kitchen talking about that quite proud, you know? "Ah, See what I did? See how fast I went? Ah." No. (laughs) He's quite the Cats.
0: I don't get them.
2: There's times where I wish I didn't get him, but...
0: And oh. my girl is just sitting over there on my bed sleeping. What a good girl. Oh. There you go. Where, where's Gromit?
1: What's he eating of yours that he shouldn't be?
2: Nothing. That's is why it, he doesn't have access to the hobby room.
1: <laughs> is, is he playing with matches?
2: Uh, no matches in the house. <laughs> ah, okay. He's, he's just Non-smoker. got the Zippo. Non-smoker, instead. so... Yeah. Non-smoker. How, how do you let your candles? Who said I had candles. Everybody has candles, or your
0: incense, or you know. Nope. Do you have yeah. a Do you have a gas stove, John?
2: No, no gas stoves. Darn. There's no gas on the street even.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So when the electricity goes out, John is doomed.
0: Oh, he John can't, is screwed. he can't start a
1: <laughs> fire. He can't do anything. Can he make tea? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's
0: why you need. That's why you need flame, my friend. Men mm-hmm. cook with flame. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, okay. no I bar-
0: got a barbecue grill out back uh, a little propane powered uh uh food burner
2: food burner
0: not cooker burner no no well, a cat may burn it you never know this is a pick on grommet day didn't you know
1: well that's only because he doesn't make any new science
2: yeah it's every every day
1: is pick on grommet day so I think uh, you know we're talking about uh where we were storing our kits obviously you guys have them in the basement um what, what, what do you use for storing them? How, uh, how do you deal with climate control? Um, and, and how do you protect them from damage, um, from overstocking, uh, uh, you know, like stacking up on each other, you know, and, and from, from any damage to them?
2: Okay, mine are all either on plastic or metal shelving units. They're all at least a foot and a half off the concrete floor or even off the wood floor, depending which room they're in. Oh, wait a minute. Both those rooms have concrete floor. That's cool. Uh, the basement I keep heated because it's easier to maintain a certain temperature upstairs in the main level of the house. If I keep if I keep the uh, basement heated in the summer, it's not air conditioned down there, but there is a dehumidifier. So, and that runs well basically from May till September, October. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Uh, so you said your your. Your kits are a foot and a half off the ground, so you don't use the bottom shelf
2: of a shelving unit? No, the bottom shelf is, but the bottom shelf is some distance off the ground, so I'm not worried. I got well, yeah, that's why I, you know, I, I bought the plastic shelving units on sale at Canadian Tire because they were exactly what I was looking for. They're big shelves and a certain distance off the floor.
1: <laughs> mm, okay. I, I think my plastic shelves are maybe five, six inches to the top of the bot of the bottom shelf on that that's why i was kind of curious okay, uh, okay. pat you're, um, you're same same idea i used the the,
0: well they're wooden shelves they're screwed together wooden shelves from uh wherever walmart or home depot or wherever they were from i don't recall um yeah i use the bottom just for rubber like rubbermaid or plastic style tubs Mm, and idea. with other stuff in it. And the kits stay, like I said, uh, three feet above and higher. Open shelves. It's a finished basement, but it's not super finished. Like there's no, it's a concrete floor. There's no sub floor. There's no carpeting other than a couple of throw rugs. And same idea, run a uh, a humidifier and a dehumidifier depending on what season it is.
1: Hmm. All right. Boy, you guys have to do things uh, really crazy over there with these dehumidifier things.
0: Well, southern Ontario is super humid um June, July, August, even a bit of September. So I definitely de- need a dehumidifier down there. And um uh, it gets a little dry January, February, March. So yeah, I, I the, the machines are going one way or the other and there's uh fans running down there too. So it's um like I said, it's not a super totally finished basement, but it's, you know, home heated, like, you know, the rest of the home, the mm-hmm. uh, rest of the house. And, um, yeah, just humidifier, dehumidifiers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, do you guys have rules as far as how many kits you will stack on top of each other?
2: Uh, my shelving only lets me put so many kits per shelf. So I think the plastic ones is four, and the metal ones, depending on the spacing, is two or three. So eh, no problems.
0: Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I I think I've totally divested... All of those, as they, we used to call them, donut boxes from Monogram or yes. oh, Uh I think I've gotten rid of all those. Or if I have a couple of those left, they're the top kit yeah. of a, sh- a shelf of four or five. They'll be the top kit. I definitely won't put it on the bottom. But I, I, like I said, I have so few of those donut boxes left anymore that, uh, that um, yeah, I, I don't worry. But yeah, my wood shelves, and they're adjustable, I think you can adjust uh About every three inches or so, you can put the shelf in a different position. But I tend to put four per shelf, like four rows of four uh, stacks per shelf. So it doesn't get too heavy by any means.
1: I'm just taking a look at some of mine because I can see them from where I am. Oh, there's a uh, resin kit that I didn't, I forgot I bought. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, I could put uh, three sort of North American boxes or uh, five... um, japanese kits in a stack uh the reason i was kind of asking that is because uh, you know i i have a problem now that i have more kits than i do shelving units and Mm -hmm. i
2: Uh, i have that problem too i'm just waiting mm -hmm. waiting to see that my shelves go on sale again at canadian tire and then yeah
1: (laughs) the problem is i have nowhere to put another shelving unit uh without um (laughs) (laughs) that's not my problem (laughs) Well, yeah, it's my, it's, it's my problem um, because, you know, I, my wife's side of the bed. Yeah, that's where the divorce starts. Um, she, 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 she initially allowed me to have a shelving unit with some kits on them in the bedroom. Um, on my side of the bed, I now have three of those. Uh, and, you know, that, that means that when I get into bed, I kind of have to do this sideways shuffle so that I don't oh. hit anything and knock any kits off. I don't have space for another one there, um, so I'm likely in a bit of a bind. Uh, those kits that I did find, sort of the 10 of them, are, uh, I've got a little <laughs> walkway between my uh, stacks of racks. Um, and yes, Dr. Seuss is probably going to sue me for something like that. Um, but they are on the floor, and they're probably stacked about uh, 10 high, you know, 8, 10 oh, high boy. at the moment. Uh, and I've mm-hmm. kind of carefully uh, put a combination of, okay, which is the big box, you know, like the the Meng box on the bottom, and then a couple of Ravel boxes, and then some, you know, some uh, hard, serious, uh, wide Ravel boxes, and so forth, to make it as stable as I can. But looking at it, it I'm kind of in a, a weird spot where I actually have to build something in order to, uh, <laughs> oh no, put more more kits in there, or at least move it out of, you know out of there and put it in a tupperware or something that i can store somewhere else so it's a bit of a challenge and i'm I'm not quite sure how i'm going to deal with that one yet um you know i do have a storage unit but uh, i put uh, my motorcycles over the winter in there and i'm not
2: sure that would be a
1: really good idea to start stocking that up with kits as well
0: no
2: no and you know i was thinking that you know i have a i have a garden shed outside and and it's a good size garden shed i mean but I know better than to put it out there because typically we, we have to check every year to see if somebody, as a friend says, we'll see if Mickey Mouse has taken up a residence near a snowblower before we try and do anything with it before the winter.
0: Oh, yeah. So okay.
2: we have to worry about the mice. And so we're not going to worry about putting out, putting models out there. They'd love that, I'm sure.
0: No, I can imagine.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I have a similar problem as Pat that uh, I'm in an old house. and so Once in a while, we'll get uh, a lot of rain and the runoff will create a little bit of a backup downstairs, so I don't want to put any kits where they could be potentially molded or uh, anything like that down in my basement. It's an unfinished basement, so it's not a big deal, but uh, it's certainly a bit of a challenge that uh, I don't want to risk, you know, uh, some of these expensive Japanese kits that I that I seem to uh,
0: collect. Um, do you, Do you have the option of finishing that basement?
1: No, not without putting no. a lot of
0: money into it. A lot of money. Okay, so yeah. it's very so, unfinished.
1: I, it's very unfinished, and I can't actually access the basement from my house. I actually have. Oh, you have to, to go
0: outside. I have to go outside
1: and down through uh, external steps. Uh, so okay. it, it's very, very old school. It's very, very. It's it's a rustic house. I live in uh, what could best be dis- described as an old barn. Uh, I have gambrel roof. Um, you know, so I only have windows wow. at the front and the back of my house upstairs. Everything else is all roof all the way down, so it's it ah, looks like a big old barn. Okay. Um, okay. anybody well, well, driving up my street how, wants to find houses my house, like that, like
2: money. are are welcomed around here. I mean, that's the classic classic for the time when this town was founded. So, uh, yeah, I, I live in a small old house. What can I say? <laughs> okay, no, that's cool.
1: So, um, anyway, that was an uh, interesting thing. Now, now what about uh built uh kits? Uh, first off, let's let's talk about ones that you have on display. Um, how do you display things in, in your guys' houses?
2: Well, what? I'm well known for being single. There's nobody else except the cat, and <laughs> he's the only concern that I have for displaying stuff. I have, oh, what, 11 models on display in my living room at the moment. They're all nice display cases, except for one, <laughs> which means they're not all in, but... Minor detail. He's not shown any interest in them at all. The only thing he had interest in was when I had one of my dusting brushes out near the edge of the table, and I got up one morning, and the brush was on the floor, and I was, well, I didn't put it there.
1: <laughs> and he didn't tell you he did?
2: No, I asked him if he knew anything about it, and he just looked, gave me that dumb look that a cat will give you. I don't know what you're talking about, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so your di- your display case that you mentioned... Uh, display
2: cases. They're one display made for one model each. So, okay. So they are plastic ones like the little, actually they're wooden bases with uh custom made acrylic tops. I bought them. Ooh, fancy. Jeez. 25 to 30 years ago. And I bought 40, I wanted 45 to 50 of them. So. Okay. And you only have 11 out at the moment. Yeah. I only have 11 out. And I also have some of the AMT hurdle cases too. There's uh, mm-hmm. another six or eight. Over on a chair that I'm just hmm, what do I want to display out in the living room and or do I just uh, keep them for later and and then what do you what do you display those cases on though uh, they're displayed on the table right beside my printer for my computer okay so
1: they're they're just kind of stacked up together
2: yeah, they're just all stacked up together yeah they should could could be done otherwise should be done otherwise I mean I have a very nice hutch that my mum had, but you know there's still memories of her and Dad with the stuff that's on it, so yeah, I kind of can't <laughs> can't part with that just yet, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and where
1: where what do you do with more than eleven kits? Because you built that in a year.
2: Mm, Maybe in a good year, but I haven't had a good year in a long time. So, uh, yeah, down at the end of the hall by the bedrooms, there's another. Cons- well, it's a small vertical case that was used in a store. A friend had found it for me, and he gave it to me. It has a light in it. It needed exactly one little of those little rubber cushion feet on the bottom of it, and I redecorated it. It had some sort of jewelry manufacturer's name or something on it, and I covered that up with my uh, checkerboard uh, duct tape, and uh, it's much more to my liking now. It has room in there. Oh, God, there must be four or five for shelf, and there's four shelves, and that's full. (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. So,
1: yeah. Uh, Pat, what what do you do? Uh, I I know you share a house, so mm-hmm.
0: uh, I share a townhouse with my aunt. So, anything for my model display will be in my bedroom or in the basement, where I'm building, not painting anymore, but building. Uh, the t- the top shelf of those wooden racks that I use for the model kits, I'm as of the new year, I've decided. Okay, dust your things off and put them in... I'm just putting them in AMT plastic display cases. And I'm putting them on the top shelf of those wooden racks that I'm using, those wooden shelving units. Um putting lighting over top of them. Uh, Canadian Tire's been blowing out some uh, LED strip lighting. Um, and just, I light them from above uh, in the, the rafter part of the basement. And uh, yeah, just AMT display cases on top of... Uh, the wooden shelves. Mm-hmm.
1: I, do you guys have a line on AMT display cases? Because those things have got expensive in a hurry. I, I bought
2: mine years ago.
0: That's yeah, that's kind of where I years. am. Well, I I'm supplying my local hobby store with a few Salvino's kits and things uh, for his resale. So um, <laughs> I trade I trade stuff, and uh, I make it beneficial for me. Ah, yeah,
2: nothing wrong with that.
0: I get a really good price uh, in exchange on uh, on AMT
1: display cases. Smart, smart. Uh, yeah, I haven't figured out uh, an alternative. Uh, do you guys remember? Oh God, I'm going to date myself when Walmart used to carry them and they were uh, they were like a little plastic base. They weren't as nice as the AMT ones, but they were, I think, three or four dollars a piece. Uh, luckily, I stocked up at that point. But
0: I, uh, I do remember those. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've got have.
1: a bunch of those, but. Uh, yeah, that's, that's certainly a challenge for me is once you run out of those, what do you do? Um, yep. so, so I guess, uh, you know, I've, I've inquisited about uh, what your stockings, uh, how, how you display things are. Um, one of the questions, you know, for me is, uh, you know, does Ben single change how you display things? John apparently can have things everywhere. Pat, you're not allowed to. And I can get away with some things. So, um, you know, uh, the single, yeah. the single guys or the guys with a model building room, uh, count yourself lucky at this point. Uh, my ball, bo- my model building room is full. I don't have a lot of, uh, display room in there. Um, I have most of my finished builds or a lot of them, um, on some floating, um, Ikea style shelves. In the they're like above the front door and uh, above um, my wife has a bookcase in the living room above that. Um, and I have those stacked sort of three, three high, I think they are two racks of them uh, or two, two levels of them uh, so that you know I can probably get um, maybe 25, 30 kits uh, on one of those and I have a couple of those. That's where my finished kits go. Unfortunately they're not well lit. Um, They kind of go up there to die, but uh, I'd love to have a better way to store those. Um, You know, the the thought of being single. So when my wife and my stepdaughter moved in, um, I got rid of a lot of my uh, collectibles, shall we say, um, in order to do that. Um, I had a bunch of um, the Ikea. They have those little glass, four-sided glass shelves. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I sold off all kinds of those that I had, everything from my Star Wars collectibles uh, to some of my Lego to, you know, all all the hobbies because, you know, it's me. That's what I do. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and I'm down to a, a very minimal, and this is kind of out of the way. I, I'd love to have, again, small house, um, not a lot of space. I'd love to have a hutch or something like that that I could actually really display them. I don't have anywhere that wouldn't be in the way. Uh, so it's, it's a bit of a challenge for me as well. Um, you know, I, I do have to thank my wife. She's extremely understanding and, uh, you know, as well as those shelves, I do have um, two uh, racks or two, two of those IKEA um, shelves with uh, collectibles in there, including, you know, some of my uh, more expensive die-cast. Uh, I've got like the Tamiya uh, 112 uh, Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari, that they came out with. Um, the die-cast version that came in the, you know, the four-foot wide case. I'm sure you guys remember that one. Uh, I have that in there. I have some other really cool stuff that I've collected over the years. Uh, yeah, Star
0: Wars, uh, Star Wars lunchbox.
1: I I actually sold off all my Star Wars stuff.
0: Oh no! My goodness. Wow. I'm
1: I'm a purist. When Disney bought them, and uh, ah, uh, yes, the, there's a whole rant on Star Wars coming. Um, when Disney bought them, they, today. Do, do we want to go there? Uh, Disney not changed really. everything that was Star Wars and said, "We're going to go in our own direction and forget everything that was done before." Uh, so I got disheartened and th- and sold off everything. Uh, yeah, I
0: heard th- I heard that from the nerds. I mean, the aficionados. <laughs> hey, if I was in LA, I'd be sitting in Star
1: Wars Land at the moment. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely well, that's on the right. nerd side of things. Yep, yep. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm at home recording. Proudly nerd, proudly nerd. Um, I That's even okay. have my George R. Binks T-shirt ready to go. Oh God! <gasps> Pardon me.
2: <clears throat> mm.
1: Yes, uh, with all my tattoo, with all my tattoos, you know, like uh, anyway, I won't even talk about those. I got a, I got a Harley engine tattooed on my forearm, and I'm going to be sitting
0: there with George R. Binks. How cool is that for nerddom? Wow! Do you have uh, like uh Luke's hand uh, tattooed on one of your uh, body parts.
1: I have no Star Wars uh, tattoos. If it,
0: oh, none at all. Wow. None at all. I do actually
1: have a Battlestar Galactica one, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> so say oh, we boy. all.
0: Exactly. Okay.
1: All right. Um, so so once you once you finish or you've built for a while, you realize that you can only store so many kits that you can see them. You can have on display. How do you rotate your kits and what do you do with your
2: finished kits that are archived or not on display? Well, mine are all in the big plastic totes down in the basement. But I'm at the point where I'm looking at some of them thinking, is this really worth saving? I mean, you know, if this model was built when I was 20, 22, 20 or 22 years old, eh, you know, my skills have advanced so far since then that. What am I keeping this for? I could go buy buy the kit again, and do it so much better. So Fair. then becomes a question: Am I saving it for parts? Am I saving it for memories, nostalgia? I don't know yet. I haven't got into that yet. <laughs>
0: mm. I lost a lot of my built-ups in the flood, so I don't have any any don't have a lot of them sitting around. I haven't rotated yet. I'm up to thirty. I just bought another set of AMT, half a case. I buy half a case every couple of weeks of AMT uh, display boxes, and I'm putting them. I'm up to I think 32, and I still have room for more. So um, I'm going to keep going until I have. I'm totally full of AMT uh, display cases. Then I'll then I'll probably shove them in promo style boxes you can get them at the local card store um and uh put them <laughs> if you have
2: in, a local card store
0: <laughs> we do yeah we've got a couple of uh got a couple of uh hockey baseball uh card type stores and uh i can always get the uh get a custom size they have all kinds of different sizes and i just like the more solid promo boxes or those boxes rather than the promo boxes they're uh, a little better and then i may save them i may just toss them off to the nephews or something if they're interested or they may uh, they may get tossed but um i don't i i don't need to save stuff so much anymore i'm getting away from uh hoarding away from mm-hmm. saving stuff. Oh, Pat, I think you've just got yourself off this show. Uh, we're hoarders. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, well, there has to be a balance. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be the voice of reason, and uh, I'll, I'll provide the balance. Oh, I, I need some balance in my
1: life. Um, mm. Yeah, for, for me, I found that um, uh, I get from Michael's when, when they're on sale, you can get... Um, They're scrapbooking um, plastic cases. They're kind of like a standard Rubbermaid uh, snap case, you know, that has the two parts that uh, scissor down. Uh, But because they're for uh, these, um, I'm not sure what size they would be, like the full size pictures that scrapbookers use, uh, they're a big square uh, and they're tall enough that they actually fit cars in. Um, and I can fit I think five cars, five or six cars in one of those. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and you know they're they're not as secure as singular storage, uh, but they're you know they're probably about uh, fourteen, maybe twelve to fourteen inches wide. Um, that you can you know square, you can put those on, and you can stack those on top of each other. And those, unfortunately, are just kind of uh, languishing on a shelf in. They're actually in my building area. Um, so they don't get looked at uh, very often. They're kind of hidden behind some more diecast and and other uh, collectibles that I have related to to model cars. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little disappointing, and that was kind of why I was wanted to ask a question and see if you guys had any better ideas than than I do. Um, I think I ditched uh, you know my early attempts. Like you guys were both saying, you know, John was talking about his stuff from his early twenties. I got rid of those. I think I have some of them around, but they're they're not on display. They're probably thrown in a, a box full of dust and ready for the garbage. They're not things that I've kept. But anything when I started getting um, to a level where I felt I could compete, um, th- those are those are the ones that I, I won't get rid of until you know my wife divorces me over them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I still have quite a few of those. <laughs> All right. uh, anything else you guys want to talk about uh, for storage and uh, inventorying and, and thoughts on, on kits and, and builds?
0: Uh just want to ask the listeners or yourselves, uh, what is a good inventorying system other than a spreadsheet? Is there something out there already online that is a recommended inventorying system? And please mm, be aware...
2: Pat is not. Pat is on an IBM-compatible computer, not an Apple like uh, Justin and I am.
0: Yeah, I'm a... That, I'm a that,
2: uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. You know, what works for Apple may not work for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a Windows guy, so anything that's compatible with Windows 10, please. Uh, but yeah, just if someone has a recommendation, I uh, want to look at it and see, what, uh, see which one works best for uh, myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Are you looking for more secure storage in the space in the cloud, or is is there a particular reason you're looking for something other than a spreadsheet? What what does a spreadsheet not give you?
0: Um. Well, I I assume I could, much like a photo manipulation type of uh, software, it, the learning curve, and I know spreadsheets, they're probably stupidly simple, but. This old brain sometimes has trouble getting around um, new stuff. Hmm. Uh, okay, so I'd like I'd like I something do. a little a little more click and uh, you know just kind of you know drop down menus and click and click and point type of stuff right, you know, rather than got yeah. it yeah got it uh,
1: that makes sense I was I was just kind of curious because uh,
0: simplicity
1: simplicity uh, spreadwi- spreadsheets can certainly be very very complicated um, you know as a in my jobby job, I deal a lot with spreadsheets. So, um, you know, I've got filters and lookups and uh, accounts. And I- I've got all kinds of stuff on mine to make it a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. Um, yeah. And, you know, mine's stored in the cloud, so I have access to all of my devices. But that- that's what I was kind of curious what your needs were. Uh, just yeah, a uh, database uh, program on its own yeah, would yeah. not yeah. necessarily do what you want. You need to have a pre-templated. Um,
0: oh yeah. Yes, that, yeah. That
2: that would work wonders for me too. I know yeah. you and I you and I have discussed what I can do on the apple but having something that was pre-made ready to go, oh, <laughs> make it easier it. for me. Got it. Um
1: so if any enterprising uh, person wants to create that as a website, I think that would be an interesting one.
2: Oh there yeah, just, there uh, is there is one uh was recommended by I posted this, this question on spotlight hobbies sometime in the past week and there is one in England, but it's, it works for both systems, both IBM and Apple, but, uh, it isn't cheap. So it becomes a question just, you know, do you want to put that much money into just just keeping track of it? It's right. how, how, how much is it? Cheap? Oh, I didn't look, but I said, you know, I don't remember. I should say I looked and said, Oh yeah. Um, no. <laughs>
0: That's not that's not free enough for me no yeah that that
2: well that's part of it it's, you know, it's I, yeah I'd like i it i to i be of the three immediate. of us, I'm in the middle between Pat and Justin for what I make, and if I'm gonna spend it, i gotta know it's gotta work exactly how it's supposed to work for me
0: hmm mhm
2: just how it is
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tough one, so you know the the you narrow down the criteria, you want something that's pre made for you that's free. And that works uh, on every device that you have, Apple or PC. Um, there's there's a business case in the in the making. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh oh. Not so much. Okay, no worries. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, we've got a question this week from one of our listeners, uh, Rick Henderson. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Um, his message to us. Uh, I, I replied. We talked about it a little bit offline, but I thought we all had different opinion, so it was worth kind of repeating when we could talk about it. Uh, Rick uh, Rick Rick's message to me was, I'm 63 getting into building scale cars and trucks. My question is, can you prime and paint over chrome? Or do you have to strip it first? And if so, how? And he said thanks, and he loves the podcast. So, uh, that got you in just because you love the the podcast. Thank you. Uh, So, guys, um, we, we... as most things that we do, we disagreed on this one. Uh, so let's talk. Who wants to, Who wants to take the first shot at uh,
0: what What is uh, your Your thoughts, and so then I'll give you the right answer. <laughs> okay. Can you prime and paint over chrome? Yes. Um, should you? Mm, it's up to you. A lot of chrome that I find in kits has mold lines and parting lines and things like that. That should probably be sanded out and therefore you're going to compromise the chrome that's there. So um, I've done it. I, I've painted I've primed and painted over chrome and uh, it looks just fine. And uh, I have stripped it and uh, you know, there's always that clear coat that you might want to get off there just for a little bit more detail. If you're, or if you're taking, you know, but it's mostly the, uh, the, um, the mold lines that you want to take out. Um, you can do it. Um, I've done it, but I, uh, might as well strip it and it's easy off, uh, or bleach. Actually people use, uh, just basic bleach to, and that gets rid of that, that gunky clear coat as well.
1: Oh, Pat, you kind of went to the middle route on that before you were, you were a little more, uh, hardcore on the
0: paint over it side. Well, you can, like I said, I, oh, I admit very much uh, that I've done it. You can, and I've done it, but yeah, I had to think about it, and uh, just wanted to spoil your uh, your plans a little bit. Ah, you 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 certainly did that, John. Tell me how you do it. Well, I guess it
2: depends, depending on whether it's a small part or a large part. It's you know, we're talking about chrome. They're generally small parts. You know, if you're looking, for example, a modern wheel where you have a mixture of chrome and black, for example if you're, you know, the black, I'll leave the chrome and just paint over the black. If it's something, again, small like a shifter, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave the chrome and I'm going to strip the chrome off and then take off all the mold lines. No. Nobody's going to notice that anyway. So that's how I do it. Do I, do I prime? I've never primed over when I was painting over, pri- well, pr- painting over chrome. So, hmm, yeah. I oh know it's wrong, but you know if you're expecting to get a body quality paint job out of it i mean there there have been a few i'm thinking of a tamiya race car i have at the far end of the hallway that has a large chrome piece on it but that's it was separate from memory serves if you but that, that gets us off it. if you know you, you're expecting a show quality paint job for painting over chrome no that's never going to happen if you leave the chrome on you have to make it go away
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, so in essence, um, you guys are saying it can be painted, but depends what it is.
2: Yeah. Essentially. And yeah.
1: likely stripping it is probably going to get you the better result. Yeah. Um, given the given the question, uh, you know, hmm. I, I I think you do have to strip it first. You know, as as John said, there's a couple of details you can get away with painting over chrome. Um, one of the big questions that you that, that comes to my mind is um, the bonding of the paint. Paint needs a little bit of tooth to bond to. So chrome is is very very shiny. Uh, it's very very glossy in most kits, and I think if you if you paint over that, it's the 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 paint will sit on top of that gloss coat and potentially will be not handleable as well. You know, it could come off. It could scratch much more easily than if it was actually something that bonded to the undercoat. If you're doing anything big, if you're going to re-chrome something, strip it first. You know, if you've got a big, if if you've got um, uh, uh, a bumper, for example, that uh, has a big line through it, sand the line down, strip the rest of it off, um, I I don't mind going down to even uh, just the uh, the the base coat that's on there. Um, I will prime it though. Um, in most cases, when I'm redoing chrome, uh, I haven't done the Molotov on anything large like that. So I'm assuming let's let's talk larger stuff first. Uh, I will I will strip it down. I will prime it. Uh, I will then top coat it with um, uh, black, and then I'll use uh, the trusty Alclad on it. And I'm pretty happy with the results of that. Um, Can you get away with if you if you're going to choose to paint over the chrome? I would suggest that you at least sand the chrome first. Get some tooth for the paint to strip to, or to to stick to. Because if you if you don't, I think the biggest problem is that you're not going to handle that. And and if you've if you've ever um, realized how many times. You know, let's say it's bumpers or a front clip, when you're assembling your model kit, how many times you actually touch something like that, um, it, can, it can come off pretty quickly. You've got to be very, very careful about handling it if you paint on top of it first. So, Rick, uh, hopefully that answers your question and gives you at least three different answers, um, all of those coming down to it depends on the size of it and uh, what you're looking for. Um, but the best way to do it is strip it. You can get away with it in small cases or if you're willing to take a risk that it's not going to uh, set up quite as nicely.
2: All right, any other thoughts, okay, guys, on uh, that? Not on that, but we'll, can we go back to our database software for uh, keeping track of our kit,
1: kits? Oh, sure. I'm not editing that. We're we're not editing that back in. We're just going to go straight.
2: Okay, that's fine. We're going to, the, the software is called KitBase. It's done by a company in England. And according to the website, even though I was told differently, the website says it's only for Windows. So that idea is out. And it's at $50 US for it, which for us Canadians would mean more like 70 or $75 Canadian. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then it becomes really a question, do I really need that to, for that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you can't actually run Parallels and a virtual Windows machine on your Mac, John.
2: Well, that's true, but...
1: You only need a Windows license and a Parallels license, so, you know, it's only about probably 250 bucks to get it on your computer.
2: Sure. No thanks.
1: (laughs) And it's made for Windows, so we know what that
2: means. Yeah, lots of trouble. Which is why I changed to Apple to begin with.
1: Yeah, after after this morning we we started uh mm. a few minutes late because a windows machine on the podcast was having some challenges so
0: mm. that that's the reason uh, john and I, we're, not, john naming and I are in we're
2: not naming names though
0: yes. no not naming names at all
2: nope
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to our recommendation section um as you know this is where each of us recommends something maybe maybe pat uh doesn't have anything to recommend uh do you
0: do you have uh crickets as John would say? Yes. Crickets. Um yeah, I didn't punch anything in just because it sort of popped into me. I uh, I recommend N ninety five masks.
1: <laughs> yep. uh-huh. Uh huh. Um and what would you use an N ninety five mask for, Pat?
0: Uh well just for our current um living. Mm. Basing basically, basically as we we didn't want to talk too much about it but uh our current current world health situation n95 masks not those cheap uh, dust masks you get at the hardware store or the dollar tree or whatever n95 are uh, apparently the uh, the ones that our healthcare uh workers are using so no i for recommendations um other than that obviously is um i haven't haven't done much recently. I haven't even, I still haven't watched the Mandalorian yet. I haven't, uh, um, I'm I, in the same I, I kept, club. <laughs> I kept meaning to, and I wanted to, uh, wanted to give a, uh, but no, I'm just, uh, not watching much TV right now at all. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a stall pattern, I think right now. So no recommendations this time other than, uh, uh, careful masking and, uh, vigilance.
1: Definitely. Um, would you guys wear, your model car paint masks outside if you needed to cuz i don't i you know i was just curious
0: yes
2: yes if i if i absolutely had to yes but otherwise i mean i thought of it mentioned it to a friend they died of laughter on the spot and said yeah you walk into a store like that right now somebody's <laughs> going to call the cops on you Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's you know, no questions
1: asked. <laughs> I don't think so, but, uh, you
2: know, I, I, I don't think well, they're too careful. if they don't call the cops, somebody's going to be taking pictures. <laughs> There's no questions asked.
0: And you'll you'll end up on the internet with, yeah, um,
2: yeah exactly. And no, no, you'll it, be it, attached uh, to some weird meme and, no, don't yeah, need
0: that. Uh, a respirator-style uh, mask, if I had to, absolutely. Like, if it were, definitely, you know, but... um. I, I, I would wear it with my Speedo. How about that? <laughs> and your freshly washed hands. And my, f- obviously, freshly washed hands Well, with why, soap.
2: why not bother? Why bother with the freshly washed hands? Put on your Niltrite gloves and go,
0: go from there. Well, now I was reading something late last night or this morning that if you leave gloves on too long, that your hands will stay moist and they'll attract... Uh, the, uh, the germs. The, the, germs. The, yeah, virus, the virus. Um, yeah, it'll attract the virus much like touching your face. Don't touch your face. People, all my friends, it, and you'll be surprised how many times you touch your face a day. Oh yes. Or, or even in an hour or whatever. Um, so I, uh, you know, again, we, Justin didn't want to talk much about the, uh, the COVID-19, but, um, that's my recommendation is just N95 masks and, uh, and please be vigilant. John, what's your recommendation for today?
2: Okay. I actually have been sitting on this one for two or three weeks. I'm recommending Scalemates, www.scalemates.com. That's basically it's a database on kits.
1: Okay. It sounded like a dating site for um small people. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Dating site for scale modelers. Uh huh. No. Oh boy. <laughs> Some of us could use that, but It's a database of model kits showing, from what I can see, I haven't really dove into it properly, but it shows, you know, for example, the Chevy Love street truck that has just been reissued. It's listed as 2020 with changed parts. It shows the new box art. The Revell 29 Model A Roadster 2-in-1 2020 changed parts with the new box art. So, you know, you get your idea of what you're getting into. If you're wondering what it looked like way back when and what scale these things are, hey, why not? Now,
1: hey, John, now can I tell see? you something? Sure. Uh, this thing has a, the, the last tab at the top is a thing called a stash manager. And it is an online database to keep track of oh, your collection no. of kits, aftermarket
0: sets, books, and paints. Well, holy oh, cow.
2: I hadn't seen that.
0: Okay. Well, I guess I... whoa,
2: yeah. So I guess okay. if I... And there's a YouTube video at the bottom. explains how it works.
0: Uh, well, there we go. Links
2: to projects. Links to collections. Links. Wow. Uh, yeah. It I doesn't support paper
1: models, things. RC models, or railway models.
2: Minor detail, wow. wow. <laughs> uh, And it,
1: it is only online, um, but you can export for your own uh, offline copy. You can export to PDF, uh, CSV. Oh. So if you export to a CSV, you can actually bring it into Excel. Uh, there's a video down at the bottom of the page. I, I think you wow. solved your own problem here. I have no idea if this yeah, is Yeah, I think positive, I did. But,
0: wow, uh, thank you
2: very much. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for noticing that, Justin.
1: Well, if, if you actually look at, you know, it says it right on the tin, Scalemates, a scale modeling database. Database. dash Danish manager.
2: Dash manager, yeah. So, all right. Oh. Uh,
1: let's, let's go. Sorry to interrupt you. Let's go back to our no, regularly no. scheduled yeah, let's uh Let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, what, what, el- what else did you find on there before I uh, completely rudely interrupted you?
2: Uh, well, as I said today, I've... I hadn't noticed the stash manager, but the database shows you you know your kits what what when this particular box art box art version of it was released it tells you if there's new pieces, so forth, and so on. It's really quite informative i mean I learned you know some of my uh grails that we talked about last time I learned exactly what year they were issued, which I had no idea of before I could guess you know, but now I know
1: mm-hmm. Very very interesting. I'm just actually taking a look at it. uh this is a company from Belgium um I'm just trying to look at uh, what they I do somehow
2: get the feeling we're all gonna be really interested in this now yeah, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say mobile the, the only even. concern
1: that I hmm. do have is one hundred
2: percent free
1: yeah well if, if you're yeah if, I know if you're not buying it, you are the product uh and that's you know the yeah. only thing that does scare me a little bit i'm very cautious about uh online um databases and things like that it's uh you know very interesting to see though certainly worth looking into a whole lot a whole lot longer of how they're using your data and uh you know who's really that interested in how many kits i have what does it actually tell them i might go through Mm -hmm. the registration process just to find out but uh it, it seems like it's um uh a, an interesting uh experiment at least to to uh go and look at. Uh largely I would say geared towards uh military.
2: Yeah, it does seem that but eh, you can't uh, win everything. You can't have everything.
1: Yep. Um very cool though. I'm uh yeah, that 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 might be something interesting to see. I
0: uh, I'll take a look at it, sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think we all will end up looking at it. <laughs>
1: Uh, that is at scalemates.com. Link will be in the show notes. Uh, if you're reading online, you'll be able to see that.
2: Um, all right.
1: My recommendation is is kind of a twofer, actually. Um, Do you guys watch uh, Crave uh, or H- HBO Crave as it is in Canada at all?
2: No, haven't. That's that's another streaming service that I have that I've looked at, but haven't done anything with yet.
1: Yeah, uh, well I, I know you've got like all of the cable TVs and HBO is yeah. part of the all of the cable TVs. So yeah. Um This year there was a uh, series that came out that I I hadn't really I didn't know too much about it, but it looked very interesting. Uh, it was called The New Pope. It's a nine part series um featuring um John Malkovich uh, and Jude Law. Uh, the cinematography looked fantastic on the trailer that I saw. And uh, doing a little bit of Googling on this, this is a 2020 series that is just released, but it is a follow-up to a second series called The Young Pope that was done in 2016 that was just uh, Jude Law and uh, quite, a, quite an impressive cast. Um, so, so we went back and we actually watched The Young Pope, uh, and we binged it. It was 10 episodes. It was fantastic about uh, the first pope that is under 50 um, and sort of how he changed uh, the, the vision of Catholicism that he had and how the pope would be presented, um, how all of the Vatican worked behind the scenes. Now, obviously, this is a fiction piece, uh, but hugely, hugely interesting. I'm, I'm not Catholic, so I don't have any um skin in the game as far as accuracy or anything like that uh if it is inaccurate I do apologize if we're recommending something that you know has any um negativity to it uh I just loved it the music was fantastic the the cinematography was absolutely amazing uh and the story itself was supreme supremely interesting so we we went and we Binged the young Pope, and then we binged the new Pope right after that, even though this was a four-year gap. And the stories uh, just take some interesting twists and turns. Um, I really recommend it. it. It is an absolutely fantastic watch. Uh, It's one that, uh, you know, you can sit down uh, with with your spouse and uh, or friends and and watch together. And it's uh, really, really interesting. So I I do recommend it. Um, I also really recommend if you have streaming uh, music, uh, go and download or find the um, the playlist for for both series. There's a couple of those
0: out there. Just fantastic. Have you guys heard about this one at all? Had I, you know, I think I've seen the name, or I've seen the name of the shows, anyway. Uh, but I haven't heard much about it, and I'm going to investigate because um, I certainly like uh, the work that uh, John Malkovich does, and if Jude Law is in it, uh, all, all, all the better.
2: Yeah, the, I, I'm like Pat. I've heard the names, and that's about it. <laughs>
1: the very last scene, like it's, 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 it's kind of—I uh, hate to say the word—slow. But it's not an action blow-up movie. We watched uh, the new uh, Fast and Furious, whatever it was, Hobbs and Shaw last night. And it was just two hours have been smacked upside the face with action, action, action. Uh, This is one that is thought-provoking and has that um, deep... Uh, deep cinematography to it. Um, at the very end of the new pope, the last scene of the last season had a scene. Uh, I'm not going to describe it, but it was an homage to Stanley Kubrick, who is one of my favorite filmmakers ever. So, uh, if you like uh, Stanley Kubrick stuff, uh, 2001, uh, The Shining, anything like that, um, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, you'll you'll love the cinematography of of this, and also the pacing as well good
0: we'll give it a try
1: mm-hmm. uh let's talk about contact uh, first thing uh show notes show notes can be found this is uh episode 34 modelcard.show uh, slash podcast slash 034 and that will have the links to uh the new pope uh, to scale mates and to everything else we've talked about um We talked a little bit about our Slack channel. So our Slack channel is a private chat channel. It's quite active. There's some great modelers on there. Uh, lots of great conversation. If you want to come join, it's an application on its own. You can view it in a web browser, uh, but it does require a specific login. Send me an email, uh, modelcarpodcast at gmail.com. I will send you a personalized invite. You can come, you can look up at uh, some of the work that uh, Lee Hartman's done or uh, the rest of our group. Come join in! It's free, uh, no obligation, just a fun place to hang out, and you see things in the right order. We also set up a Facebook group uh, that is gaining traction as well. Uh, we're looking at—I uh, think there's uh, over 50 people in there, where people are starting to uh, share information about their birth year builds. Uh, that is at facebook.com/groups/modelcarpodcast. Uh, that will also be in the show notes as well uh pat where can people
0: find you um the usual uh places facebook mostly um i do have instagram um uh, i didn't prepare for this but um i, I i'll send a uh, while well, you have a an image of my uh my uh my card and i'll uh throw that in there
1: mm-hmm. uh so the easy way to get there the easy way to get to pat uh type into your browser patredmond.ca
0: Yeah, sorry, I keep forgetting about that.
1: Yeah, that that will take you to a website
0: that has links to everything of Pat's from his Focke account to his social media. Thank you very much, because I don't manage that. And uh, that's something that you take care of. And I appreciate that because I don't have the uh, skills. But um, yeah, just type me in under CA for Canada. (laughs) Yeah, John, what about you? Easiest way to find you
2: easiest way to find me is at johndesand.com. Oh, there you go. There you go. That See, that's that,
0: a good throw. That's a good throw. That's a, that, that
2: was simple.
1: Uh, and again, that uh, that's a landing page on our website that has information uh, about all of our hosts and how to get in touch with everybody. Mine uh, My website is com. That's got links to all of my current projects and my social media as well. Uh, and is surprisingly not hosted on our website. It's actually uh, my own uh, website because, you know, why Why do things easily? Uh, our website, yeah, of wow. course, is uh, <laughs> www.modelcar.show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Model Car Podcast. Many thanks to our Patreon producers for this episode, Chris Martin, Pat Redman. Thank you again, Pat. Alex Thomas, mm. Mickey jurace, Scale Finishes, and Classic Truck Modeler Magazine. Uh, we really appreciate your guys' support uh, for keeping us going. And uh, I think that is it. Uh, We've had just a short little two-hour conversation. Uh, Probably a little bit of that uh, will be shorter than that by the time you get to hear it. Uh, But thank you so much, uh, Pat. Thank you for joining in and chatting with us. Uh, Hopefully you've had fun. Uh, Anything you wanted to add before we close up the show? No, no, just always a pleasure. And uh... There you go. Mm -hmm. John, anything you want to talk about? No, sir. All right. Well, in that case, say goodbye, John. Goodbye, John.